Welcome to the Show Up Dad podcast, where we explore the world of fatherhood and discover the strategies, insights, and stories that empower dads to show up for their families. I'm your host, David Mendonca, and today we have a very special guest joining us. But before we dive into today's conversation, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors for their support. This episode of the Show Up Dad is brought to you by Tallman Equipment, a leading provider of high-quality tools and equipment for the power line industry. Visit tallmanequipment.com to explore their wide range of products and discover how they can help you. Additionally, I'd like to give a special shout out to the Show Up Dad Foundation, an organization dedicated to supporting fathers in their journey towards becoming the best versions of themselves. Through their workshops, resources, and community, the Show Up Dad Foundation empowers dads to show up, be present, and make a positive impact on their children's lives. To learn more about their mission and how you can get involved, visit the showupdadfoundation.org. Today, we have a truly remarkable guest joining us. He is a high-risk humanitarian, a beacon of hope for orphans and widows. Despite enduring unimaginable pain and suffering in his own childhood, he transformed his life to become a source of strength and healing for others. As a loving husband of over 30 years and a devoted father to five children, he has discovered the secrets to successful relationships. He not only excels professionally, but also shares his invaluable wisdom with others as the founder and president of All Things Possible Ministries. Victor works tirelessly on a global scale to identify and restore victims of trauma, breaking the chains of abuse, and bringing healing to countless lives. His mission is to free people from their suffering and to stop the cycle of abuse for future generations. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to Victor Marks. Hey, Man. Pastor David, thank you for that kind introduction. Absolutely. I am just so humbled, like I said before, to have you on here. I saw your interview on the Sean Ryan show, and it, it just just blew me away. It really did. Um, I know we're going to get into this. There's going to be some deep conversation, brother. So I want to open up with asking you a question, just an icebreaker question, right? So here we go. I know you've touched the lives of so many people, and I'm curious to know, if you could have dinner with any historical figure and at any point in time, who would it be and why, brother? Abraham Lincoln, because of what he went through and endured through tragedy in his personal family, in his marriage, hmm. and, uh, I mean, betrayal, uh, and ultimately, he gave his life. He was martyred for a cause far greater. And I think there's a lot of people trying to mar, uh, you know, he, he, what what he's done. But I have great respect for him mm -hmm. if, as far as history fell in. Then when I'm in heaven, I can't wait to talk to Peter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's he's one of my I, – I identify as Peter far too often on mm -hmm. the, you know, full throttle side. Uh but I, I, I love his, his heart and his passion because he did things, was judged wrongly. Mm -hmm. uh, I think about like when he got out of the, the boat. Um, I think people and even guys on the boat were thinking he's, look at him. He's showing off again he's, yeah. to walk on the water. But it, the thing wasn't water for Peter. It was getting to the Lord. He was, mm -hmm. if that's you, Lord, let me come to you. He didn't say, if that's you, God, let me walk on water. You know, he just said, let me come to you. So those those are my U.S. history and my heavenly history, fellas <laughs> I'm looking forward to meeting. Heck, yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, Abraham Lincoln is just uh, such an amazing person. His whole personal story of growing up and chopping wood and everything else, you know, all the adversity he had to go through. And I identify with Peter as well, you know, just being a A-type personality. You know, being in the line trade, sometimes I just put my head down and run right. you know, and right. don't even think about it. So <laughs> I, I agree with you on both those notes, man. Well, let's get into this, brother. Um, we're curious, you know, can you share with us some of your key turning points in your life that led you to become a high risk humanitarian and advocate for orphans and widows? If you don't mind? Yeah, I, you know, I would say this. I wasn't looking for it. That's mm -hmm. I think that's what shocks people the most. I was only following the Lord and not even doing a great job at that. You know, just the journey of, uh, you know, Lord, I just want to follow you. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, my career after I got out of the Marine Corps, 
was martial arts. And that's what my wife and I did. We told that in combatives, um, lived in Hawaii. And it wasn't until, you know, I, I went through some deep trials, both psychologically and then physically, that it was that next level of, okay, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Mm-hmm. And um, and he, he honors those commitments, even from deathbeds or whatever. So he gave me the opportunity to follow up on that. And it was just, it, it literally starts with small obedience. Because mm-hmm. people always think, you know, how would I really do under great threat of death because of my faith or obeying God? And I go, well, it, you know, can you obey him in the small things? Because that builds the foundation for when the big thing is there. You, you trust him so much. You've seen him so faithful. I mean, as we talk right now, I mean, I've, you know, it was a couple of minutes late getting on the program and I'll glance out of my phone. We're we're currently putting together an operation, rescue operation. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, if it's a cross between Jason Bourne tactics and Ocean's Eleven, wow. uh, and we're talking three countries, multiple languages, multiple team members, and it's quite costly, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's not a guarantee. But we we're looking to rescue a mother and two children, and she was kidnapped by a, a very bad, large, notorious organization. Mm-hmm. She was used as a sex slave, and that's what two of her children, the two children, are a product of. So this is so current. This is so intense that. We haven't even told her family that we found her. Wow. That we have eyes on her. Her family still thinks she's dead because I think we're going on nine years of her being held captive. So, yeah, everybody's forgotten about it. No one would do this. Mm -hmm. But God, you know, God gives us very unique opportunities. So with that said, it is so high risk. I mean, I've got... I've got very experienced guys, tier one level guys that are saying, oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. I mean, threading this needle without, you know, U.S. military support, without that type of backing, as we do. Yeah. You know, uh, and sometimes people's faith, even though their skill sets are, are greater than their faith, it, it won't, it's very hard for them. But yeah. uh, again, we've seen the Lord again, 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 and again, and and I just tell you, if you if you come to know God in such a personal way that you realize He's always going to be faithful, yeah, including in your faithlessness, and then when it comes time, just like we've done, and some you know we've done for many years now, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's it's a natural progression, and oftentimes. When it's God's will, at least for me, it's like, oh, really, Lord? Because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I can think of some other things that I could do that were <laughs> yeah, whole lot, whole lot less dangerous. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. When it's God's will, it's, I know for me too, just my experience, when it's his will, it's something scary. Yeah. And you know, you're, you don't even know how you're going to pull it off. I know several times when God showed me things that it was so big, I couldn't even get the words out. Like right. I, I broke down and cried and I went to a good pastor friend of mine and I asked him, I was like, man, I don't know what's happening inside of me. It's just stirring. I can't even speak on it and without getting emotional. And he's all, that's when you know it's God Yeah, too big for you. Yeah. I mean, David, and, and I'll tell your men listening and watching I'll use you for example. Here you are, uh, all linked up. I, I can tell you have a background, and probably putting you in the heat of some heavy confrontation, mm-hmm. conflict, or violence actually wouldn't be that big of a deal for you. It, you just come alive, right? Yeah. The harder, scarier thing is doing what you're doing right now. This. Yeah. Uh, and and. Um, 
And that's why I, man, I respect men who do the harder thing in obedience to God. Mm -hmm. Um, I just had a active duty SEAL team member contact me. He's like, Hey man, I got a bunch of SEALs that are getting out, you know, and they, they really want to know how to get plugged in with your teams. I said, well, first of all, it's, it's not as sexy as they think. Second of all, if somebody came to you and said, Oh, I want to be a SEAL, you know, everything that's going to run through your mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're thinking, no, I don't think you really want to. <clears throat> and I said, third, are they called to do this type of work? Because if it's not about the kids or the women and they're doing it for them or the adventure or the risk, uh, that's not people we would have. I've, I've worked with guys like that. Yeah. And that's not the fit. The fit is to be, and you know, people, people are very gracious to me. There's a lot of titles. People will, say about me and I'm like, uh, but ultimately I just tell people, I'm, I'm just trying to be a disciple of Jesus. I'm mm-hmm. trying to follow him. And, and I appreciate all the kind words, but that's the highest calling I can uh, say or do. So yeah, man, for some men showing up to work, just showing up to work, dealing with a, a you know, a boneheaded boss is that success. Yes. Uh, man, getting them bills paid every month, dealing with a crazy teenager who wants to sneak out the window, take, you know, uh, trying to be a husband with a woman who's, you know, trying to overpower you, mm-hmm. uh, and, and causing problems or withholding intimacy, it, all these, the temptation of porn, your old friends, all of this, the pressure, I have so much respect for men who live it daily. They just live the daily and they do it day in and day out. I'm telling you, great is your reward in heaven for being faithful. You know, one thing I feel like God showed me mm-hmm. early on, David, was this. He goes, you don't have to do anything spectacular with your life. Like, don't compare yourself. To, and this, I'm a young man. You don't have to do any of that. The greatest thing you could do is just walk with me and have a marriage. Mm. and be the best dad you can be. And I was like, that, that's true. And yeah. that's that's still been my focus. Even though there's been a movie, a book, there's another book coming out. I got a SEAL Team 6 guy text me today. He's like, I want to endorse your book because, uh, you know, he's a friend. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, really great, great things. But it still boils down to, can I love my wife? the way she needs to be loved mm-hmm. in each season of her life. We're going on 35 years now. My children are having children. Can I be the grandfather they need? Uh, well, I have a granddaughter's birthday today. Y- you know, it, it's, it's those things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's good to see how humble you stay. You mm-hmm. know, I think that's the key to success, right? Um, the Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And with all these accolades, all these amazing things that God's allowing in your life, he's going to give you more. He says that if you're faithful with a little, you'll be faithful with more. And isn't that the truth? That's the word of God. Yeah. And it's always true. I mean, I, I got up this morning and picked up dog poop, you know, so it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, I got three dogs. Yeah. Uh, somebody wrote in comments, you know, um, because we've been liking my, my bride and I to Mr. and Mrs. Smith often because mm-hmm. of what we do, our training, our skill sets. And, and we just watched the movie for the first time the other night. And I was just, I was laughing. We actually were laughing at each other. We're watching the, the yeah. old one. I don't know about the, the old one. I'm like, I'm like, okay, that's funny. Cause we are that competitive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we actually have real skill sets, not not just actor stuff, and we, we do things. So here's what's funny. Mm-hmm. Somebody wrote, uh, and, you know, it's a Christian writing in comments like, oh, you know, you better be careful of letting Hollywood and that movie try to sway you and pull you into it. It's deception, and mm-hmm. you shouldn't find pleasure in that type of movie. And 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 I know a lot of people are talking about the actors, the main actor cheated on his wife. And I'm, I'm like, whoa, whoa, time out. First of all, we have no desire to be like the actors. Yeah. We're just referencing the the content of the film. 
And second, look, when we were younger, we 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 experienced a lot of what the world had to offer. Yeah. Money, fame, fortune, whatever. I said that was like our twenties. We're uh, look here. We're 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 way on the other side of that by you know forty yeah. years. And I told this young woman, I said, I drive a truck. We live on a dirt road, and I'm looking at buying a double wide trailer for us to move into <laughs> next to her in law, uh, my in laws, her mom, dad, who are like ninety and eighty nine. Yeah. Tomorrow we can move to Hawaii. I could buy an estate or I, I could live anywhere in the world we want to. Yeah. Because we, there's a little, we're just these very simple squirrel money away. God blesses us. The, the ministry does well because of people. Yeah. But it's an oxymoron when I see a Christian in ministry being egotistical. Mm-hmm. I literally want to go and just kick them in their sack. Yeah. And go, hey, come here, pastor. How does that feel? You see how quickly things can change on you when you're not in your bubble? It's like, stop with the manipulation. Stop with feeding your ego. Do you ever repent, like, mm. daily? You, you know, uh, do, you, do you let people who matter speak into your life? Right now, I'm speaking to one of the most effective men in our country. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling him how the cow eats the cabbage in order to to actually protect him and his family. And the responsibility he has is unreal. Yeah. But I'm telling him the truth about something. And you know what? He's so humble. Mm-hmm. He's listening. Good. So, yeah, pride comes before a fall. And God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I, I need grace. I need grace. And. Yeah. I think what might be the smelling sauce for me, David, is I can die at any time. Mm-hmm. My wife and I live with this very real reality that God could take us home. This mission we're planning, yeah, probably one of the most high, and we've done a lot. It's hard to, I mean, we, we've been shot at, mortared, going through, but this is intense, this next one. And again, I tell folks, look, if you hear we've been wrapped up or killed, Satan didn't win. It was completely God's will. David, did you know a guy tried to kill me here in Colorado Springs? No, I didn't hear about that. No. This dude, point blank, pulled out a gun and shot at me, hiding behind this tinted window. It was an Mm -hmm. ambush. Uh, The report was 36 inches from tip of barrel to my head, and he missed. Wow. I tell people he missed by the will of God. I think it was an angel. The bullet went two fingers from my head. Mm. And I drew my weapon knowing where he was at. I could have killed him like that. Easy kill. No, And it wouldn't even be anything to brag about. Yeah. It was, I heard the Holy Spirit say, don't shoot him. I I didn't argue. I wasn't shocked. I moved to cover. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Uh, and then I tried to talk the guy out of the, 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 he was actually in the trailer. Yeah. I'm like, Hey man, throw that weapon out. Dude, come on. That, boom. He shoots again. I moved to a different spot. I put my red dot on him. Could have killed him like that. Holy spirit said, don't shoot him. And I was like, somebody goes, wasn't that a struggle? I'm like, no, it's God almighty talking to me. He knows better. All right. Yeah. I won't kill him. Then I had to move to a different spot to protect uh, some people. Uh-huh. And at that point, I didn't have any other options. If he would have come out of that trailer and pursued me or the people inside this little house, I would have killed him. And I think God would have given me the okay. Yeah. Because I told my wife, hey, that dude's shooting that. Hey, listen, because she's like, what's going on? said, if he comes around the corner with that weapon, I'm going to kill him. And she goes, okay. So she did her deal, called 911. And, you know, it was a half-hour response. We think it was about a half-hour response from the first uh-huh. law enforcement officer to get there. That's why I tell people, 911 cannot be your solution. No. Uh, you know, you better have plans. Uh, so all that to say is 
we live with this. My wife and I live with a very real sense of we could, we could see the Lord anytime. Yeah. And then our life is speeding by David, mm-hmm. speeding by man, uh, which is both exciting and very like smelling sauce. Like, Ooh, yeah. I don't want to waste anything. I don't want to waste anything. And uh, so, yeah. It's a lot of freedom, too, when yes. you're not burdened by the fear of dying, you know? Yeah. Everybody's going to do it unless God comes back. Uh, I always think my relatives did this since the beginning. Mm-hmm. People, we're going to transition. And I believe in all aspects of doing the best we can while we're here on the earth, occupying, you know, trying to protect our nation, doing, you know, making the best choices and every, but ultimately it all goes in a box and, and I've, I've got to go to my permanent home. So mm-hmm. I never lose sight of that. Some people, they don't even think about that. I, I asked my wife one time because we've been separated twice. Okay. Everybody thinks we've had this perfect marriage. I'm like, no, I had 123 visits to a trauma specialist in nine months because of my background of childhood abuse and torture and, you know, uh, killing a man when I was a kid and all this stuff that really messed my head up. Mm-hmm. My wife endured a lot of suffering of me trying to unwind this and figure it out. But I mean, and, and trust me, I tell her, can I visit you in heaven or can we stay married? She goes, I don't, I think earth was good enough, baby. But <laughs> I, I I said, honey, how do you, I mean, how do you do so well on earth with all the hell I've put you through here? She goes, I keep one, one eye on heaven and one eye on you. Mm. She goes, I, I know this is not, this is not our home. We're mm-hmm. just passing through. And that's literally our marriage mantra. We're just passing through. It's a scripture, right? Mm-hmm. We're, so that's why she's, you know, that's why she doesn't care about the accolades of men, yeah. whether she has a little or a lot, whether she fits in the church groups for ladies, you know, she just could care less. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm thankful for my bride for sure. And yeah, she has a book out and social media. Any guys out there, I will tell you, get your wife connected to mine via social media. Or a couple of books she's wrote. <laughs> we were doing a marriage conference one time. My uh-huh. wife got up and goes, "Ladies, isn't it great to be expecting about having physical intimacy with your husbands?" <laughs> you could hear a pin drop. Oh yeah. <laughs> My wife was like, "Did I say something wrong?" But it was just the scenario of the scene and. And then she's like, ladies, ladies, look here. Mm-hmm. Things have got to change. Intimacy between your husband is is critical. And she shares stuff like, look, before my husband goes on a trip, I love him up really good because I he's only going to be thinking about me when he's mm-hmm. out there. And it's practical stuff. But then she talks about physical health. She has a health course online. And, and, and people will say, Victor, mentor me. or it's been, And we go. Well, go to our courses online. We have a marriage course, health and fitness, intimacy course, all these things. It's like, please go learn. We're giving you the best that we know how, but it really does help women a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. I know that um, because of a wife's chaste, you know, when she's able to exercise self-control, yeah, that helps out men so much. Oh my I, gosh! I know, even from my personal experience, when I was living like the devil, you know, yep. running around acting like a fool, it was my wife and her obedience to me that started <laughs> making the change. Right, right there. That's a scripture women don't want to talk about. Yeah, you know, is is uh by your character and conduct, mm-hmm. your man will will come to faith. And, you know, so many, many women, they justify. Uh, the other thing, you know, we talk about, and my wife will say is, look, does nagging ever really do anything? 
It does it. It makes yep. everything worse. It pushes your husband away. It breaks even desire for intimacy. Mm -hmm. The most powerful thing that my wife has, has said in different ways was simply when I know I've messed up, she just goes, honey, lead me better than that. Mm. Those words spoken by a woman to a man would do more than all the nagging possibly could imagine. And, and I'll tell women, anyone who's getting on this podcast, look, sex is, for a man is more than just about sex. Mm -hmm. It's about being validated, loved, appreciated. It's protective for his mind in spiritual warfare. It's healing for his soul. Mm -hmm. And as my wife has told women who say, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just not into it. She's like, well, then you make it your ministry. Yeah. And, uh, and then you'll store up treasures in heaven. It may not be on earth, but you'll store treasures in heaven. Minister to your husband that way. Mm -hmm. So, um, and don't set your husband up for failure. Of course, we'll have women that hate us that come from abusive backgrounds and they yeah. love you know, boneheads. And we're not talking about abuse at, at all. No. Uh, but we're just talking about learn to fight back to back, not nose to nose. If you want a I, good marriage. I like that. that that's some great wisdom right there. Because I think for too many people out there, too many couples, we tend to think our spouse is our enemy. We start believing the lies, the little seeds that oh. Satan plants in our head. Right. Yes. And if we don't check that, that transpires in our everyday lives. You know, I know for me, my wife literally thought that I was her enemy. Yes. You know, and it was because she had a seed planted inside her through trauma, you know, and you yep. know how that goes, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, growing up with her father and stuff like that, being abused when she was a little girl. And she brought that into our marriage. And then that trauma you know, coupled with my violent background of my dad, you know, and stuff like that. And man, it was just a mess. It is. And we didn't see each other as the two people that God put together to help each other out in that trauma. Yeah. We saw each other as enemies because her pain triggered my pain and my pain triggered her pain and we were at war. We call it the perfect storm. Mm -hmm. And that's how it is for the majority of marriages, quite honestly, yeah. Uh, the key, and you said it, is taking every thought captive. Yes, the battlefield's in the mind, and that's where the enemy he fires his darts. Uh, we've got a film coming out called "The Unseen War." It's on spiritual warfare, mm -hmm. but that is the most important thing I think people can learn, because if you work on everything else, but yet you've got this big open target of your mind. Yeah, the enemy will just fuel you. And again, kudos to my bride because she would be, we'd be in the middle of an argument. And, uh, and I would say it could get physical, but she's a black belt. So, you know, I respect her technique. And I'm like, hey, yeah, let's talk this out because injuries hurt. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll do it down on the mat. But, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is she would say, okay, okay, just stop. Is this spiritual warfare? I mean, that right there, that truth bomb, boom, can disrupt the enemy's just grinding. Is this spiritual warfare? Of course, a lot of times I'm saying, no, I'm winning, and you're trying to get a cop out because I got mm -hmm. you cornered, girl. And she's like, knock it off. I think. And and just stop and pray. Submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. Mm -hmm. And, you know, look, I'm telling folks watching this, my wife and I have really won. We, we've won. We've made it through the minefield. And, you know, there's some things God wants us to do left, like very soon a very important rescue operation mm -hmm. probably be executed in March. Uh, but I will say this. A big part of what we want to do is help younger couples. Yes. Help single women make right decisions, understand their value and their identity, help young men know what it's like to be a man and the importance of masculinity mm -hmm. uh, and, and not being conformed into this world. Uh, I mean, when I go to other countries, I was in Cuba last year speaking to 600 pastors. It was both encouraging and stunning to see how masculine the average man was. I'm like, 
look at this. I, man, you know, these are guys I want on my side. If we, we got to throw down, you yeah. know, and, and I just thought, wow, it, which translates into, you know, really powerful men of God who are committed because mm-hmm. they're not living in fear and whatnot. So that, and then what I love what you do is just about how you break the importance of breaking generational trauma. And it's really done through fatherhood. Yes. It's it when the dad says, no, it stops with me. You won't do it perfectly. And you're, it, nobody will. But because if you put that perfection thing on your mind, the moment you blow it, you, people want to throw in the talents. I can't do it. I tell them it's never about perfection. Being a father or leading your family or just being a man. But it is about the right direction. Mm. Let, let me ask you, you ever been hit in a fight? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, here's my question. I know that's true. Uh, you ever fall down because somebody slapped you in a fight? No. Or does that make you, oh, really? Yeah, that'll is, wake you up. <laughs> see? And, uh, that's the motivation men have to look at when you get when you get slapped by the enemy or your own flesh. It's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not who I am. I don't have to look at that porn. That's not who I, I don't have to chase this dude down with my car and want to pull him out and and give him braces. You know, it's it's I'm a new creature in Christ. All the old things have passed away, you know. Uh and and uh, you know, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Greater is he who's in me than he's in the world. I use the word both as a protective and a mechanism for a weapon. I don't have to prove to anybody. Uh yeah. That's true masculinity right there. Yeah. And you brought up a great point. You said about chasing someone down. Now, I remember eh, probably about five years ago, there was this this story that happened. It was so tragic. And it was two people on the freeway. One guy was in a minivan with his family and a punk ran him off the road, right? Mm -hmm. Little gangbanger. Anyhow, long story short, um, the dad, he couldn't check his ego. So he sped up next to these guys. Well, these kids, being kids, turned around, opened fire, shot at the van. The father slowed down, right, and heard the scream. Turned around, looked. His daughter had been hit. Mm -hmm. She died right there on that freeway. And I guarantee you that father right there in that moment was thinking, man, if I would have just not freaked out, if I would have had my anger under control, right? And that's the definition of true masculinity is being able to be violent, but control it. Yeah. You know? Yes. And, and I guarantee you, he, he, the rest of his life, he will suffer mm-hmm. from that consequence. And knowing if he could go back, there's nothing that happened in that drive mm-hmm. that was worth his daughter being killed for. None. Mm-hmm. I like how some of the rappers are coming out lately. I've heard a few of the rappers say, man, don't you fight anybody unless it's worth killing them over. Yeah. And and that's actually a really good point because it's like, what, you want to, for for what, you know, for what, what to, to what, to what end? And I think a lot of young men, they try to measure themselves if, like I did as a young man. Yeah. Can I drink? Can I hold my liquor? Can I chase skirt? And can I fight? Mm-hmm. And that's what the measurement of manhood and masculinity was for me because yeah. of my background until I joined the Marine Corps. And I, I met women Marines who could drink more than me, fight as good as me, and chase skirt because they were lesbian. So, you know, I'm like, <laughs> that can't be the that can't be the mark for yeah. manhood. And that's when God really started. I like that scripture, Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to the world, but have your mind transformed. Renew it. Mm-hmm. And uh, trust me, I I work with gentlemen, and we've been in positions where, uh, like one fellow I, I used to work with, I said, uh, he was a Delta operator. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, man, um, which is a tier one person who's got trained as a professional warfighter. I said, how, how do you balance the, the violence and Christianity? He goes, oh, 
Well, God gave me a, I think God gave me a special gift for extreme violence, Victor. Mm -hmm. And I said, in order to stop the manifestation of evil, right? He goes, yeah, that's it. So there's a place for violence. Mm -hmm. There's a place for righteous indignation to stop the manifestation of evil. Mm -hmm. And I will say this in my life because maybe just my life or the work that God's called God's given me lots of opportunities mm-hmm. where, you know, violence was needed and it was appropriate. But just like drawing my weapon on that one guy here recently, you know, you have to hear the Lord. Yeah. Don't move in your flesh. And my wife would tell me, you know, the, the, arm of, the arm of the flesh won't sustain anything, honey. And don't do this in your flesh. Like one day we were coming back from church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had three kids at the time and a trucker. Man, an 18-wheeler blew through a light, almost hit us. And I never forget he flipped me off. And it's mm-hmm. And, man, I flipped the switch. I chased him for three cities, called three different law enforcement organizations. And they ended up pulling them over. And uh, it was about 45 minutes. And I I drove by, and I remember flipping him back off, like, hey, remember me? Yeah. And then we're driving back home, and my bride goes, she, she all she did was put her hand on my arm because she knows, don't don't interfere me when I'm like that. And yeah. she, goes, she goes, honey, you do know everything that just happened from that light 45 minutes ago to now is not normal. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, it was a threat. Uh, she goes, honey, that's not a normal response. Mm. That's not what God would have you do. And I was like, but I was successful. And sure enough, she was right. Mm-hmm. I should have thanked God that I didn't get T-boned. And uh, call the police, that's fine, but not chase the dude. Not, yeah. uh, you know, so it's got to be God's will and way. And I tell young men, don't look for, uh, I, I, I had, I had a guy I trained under when I was like, gosh, 19, 20, a phenomenal martial artist. One of the fastest guys I've ever known. And he was nasty. Woo. I used to spar and he was just like, gully. I remember we were in the locker room one time and I said, hey, Barry, his name's Barry Barker. He's out of Encinitas or Poway, California. I said, Barry, mm-hmm. uh, I said, uh, have you had to, how does it work in the street? Have you had to, got to use your stuff? i never forget this guy. He turns, he looks at me, not a big guy at all, wiry. Yeah. He goes, uh, I've never used it. But he goes, I heard it works pretty good. <laughs> and then he kept getting dressed. And I remember thinking, wow, I really, really respect him. Like, he's like, oh, I'm so comfortable in my skill sets as a black belt. And I've fought thousands of times in the ring sparring i yeah i'm pretty sure if i was put in a position where i had to defend myself i the average person would not be able to stand up to me and mm-hmm. he was that skilled uh, but i always remember that the fact that i'm telling you now it still shows the mark that he left in me on what masculinity really was don't mm-hmm. you don't have to prove yourself no you definitely don't um you said something about chasing down this guy, right? What, what do you think caused you to have that mindset to, to be in such a blind rage that you had to chase that man down who ran you off like that? I wouldn't say it was a blind rage. I would say it's, it's fight or flight syndrome. Fight or flight. Okay. And I clicked into a fight mode because I'm very calm in mm-hmm. those situations. I'm, I'm, I'm anything but wild and out of control. I'm very focused. But but I would say it was the threat to my family which caused, mm. in my mind, the justification to stop the threat. Um, so, but it wasn't appropriate. Yeah, you know, because I had my family with me. You know, yeah, uh, this guy could have pulled over. I would have kept distance because I I'm always assuming people have weapons. Uh, but still, me pursuing that with my family in the car. That's not the correct response, but the threat where you have to talk yourself down mm-hmm. when you're when your adrenaline gland gets squeezed and you 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 turn it and and I just go, is the threat current right now? Mm-hmm. Is your family currently under a threat right now? He's two hundred yards past you. He's not the threat. 
It, you didn't get hurt. You didn't get hit. Breathe. Breathe. Think this through. But I didn't. I just reacted versus responded. Mm-hmm. And people who react can get in trouble and make bad decisions. And people who respond appropriately will be in a much better place. You know, I agree with you too on that 100%. One of the things we tell our fathers is we need to respond, not react to our children and having that self-control. You yeah. know, because if we lose our our composure, yep. what is that telling our kids? And we're telling them, hey, you need to be under control. We're trying to teach them self-control, all this stuff. And then we're freaking out yeah. over them spilling milk on the carpet or something like that. Yep. That's a a, a confusing message, right? Totally. And it makes children afraid. Yeah. They don't they don't respect you. They're afraid of you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us who have a background like that think it's normal, but it's not. Mm-mm. So very quickly, um, you know, I had to learn how to redeem my loss of temper or the level of my intensity. And this is and this is what I did. Heck, I still do. Mm-hmm. Is I just say, hey. You know, what I just did or said or how I reacted, that's not God the Father's way. He would not do that. Yeah. What you're looking at is an earthly dad who's fallen and broken by nature. Mm-hmm. And I didn't yield to him. And I could have, but I didn't. His Holy Spirit's in me. I could have the fruits of the Spirit, but please forgive me. Please, just please forgive me. Um. I try best. I have punched car windows, holes mm-hmm. in walls, because my my go to for when I build up is violence. You know, uh, yeah. Never hit my kid. Never hit my wife. Again, she's a black belt. She just shot a thousand yard shot at a. She's a long distance shooter, so you know yeah. I would end up paying a price for that. That's why I don't cheat on her <laughs> either. I won't even hear it. She could hit me in the palm of my hand if I'm walking, and I would know it's her. I would just turn around and go, really? Wherever you are, my hand, Uh, my other hand, ah. Yeah. Uh, So, but I remember many years ago, kind of one of the last times I put my fist through a wall. My family was so attuned to it, like Mm -hmm. dad just released that, and boom, and I was by the front door. And uh, to this day, thank God, I've never hit a stud. Um, but I remember my family, like, you know, my wife putting a nail in, putting a picture over it, say, saying, I'll get a guy out to, you know, drive wallet and take care of it. And my wife would say, babe, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you just got to that point where you had to release anger. And mm-hmm. I, I know that's not fun. I mean, it's horrible. Yeah. But you know what I did? I took that picture off. I said. Don't call anybody. I want that hole to stay right there. That when people walk in and they look and they're going to know, huh, either he put somebody's head through here, an intruder, or he punched a wall. I said, I want, I want to feel that pain for a bit. I want Mm -hmm. the reminder. I want the embarrassment when somebody comes in and don't try to hide it. Just go, yeah, my husband lost his temper at the wall. Hmm. I thought it was interesting that you said that it becomes violence, right? When you're around it for so long, yeah, it becomes like second, not second nature, but you, you don't think it's wrong. Like when I married my wife, she's like, my gosh, you guys are like crazy. Your family's like nuts. You know what I mean? And I'm like, what do you mean? Right. It, it was, it was natural. I mean, that was right. not a big deal to throw down or, or whatever. Right? right. Right. And, um, it wasn't till I started having the Holy Spirit renew my mind, like you said, and started showing me, okay, well, this is not okay behavior. This is not, you know what I mean? And then I started making the changes in my family because generational curses are true, as we talked about, They're right? Real. We got to break that generational trauma. Yep. And I didn't want that anger, that uh, violence attacking them. I was, I was a victim of a violent crime when I was yep. younger. I got stabbed by a 21-year-old when I was Ugh. 14. And uh, that followed me everywhere. But just seeing that 
violence, even growing up with my father, you know, watching my father do the things he did. Uh, and then just finding out about him and how his father treated him. It was just generational violence after violence, after violence, after violence. And then I had to make that stop. I had to be like, Hey, I don't want this going down to my children. Right. Right. And, 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 and I will say this, that that's the first step. Mm -hmm. And yet when your kids start to get older, they have to make their own choices too. Yes. And they, you know, you can only blame your past for so long Mm -hmm. before you're saying that's all on me. Uh, I don't care if it's addictions, fornication, adultery, you know, violence, stealing, whatever those things are that become normalized. Yeah. And I call it living dysfunctionally functionable. Hmm. And you still have to go, oh, gosh, oh, no, this is this is weird. Uh, so God is able. I mean, that's he loves showing off. He loves redeeming people's lives if we allow them and if we take that those small steps every day in mm -hmm. the right direction little course corrections apologize um you know uh and ask god help lord help me with this it's very it's surprising how many of us don't pray simple prayers yes like lord please help me Control my tongue. Lord, please give me the mind of Christ. Lord, give me a desire. Just simple. Help me. Help mm -hmm. me love my wife the way she needs to be loved today. Help me be interested in my children's lives today. Give me insight. Give me a key to how do I reach them today. Is it through a text? Is it through, you know, what's up? What? You know, however, and again, it's not about perfection. Uh, my kids gave me the world's best dad trophy like a couple years in a row. And I'm like, hey, thanks for this. I know it's kind of obligatory and traditional on Father's Day, but mm -hmm. <laughs> we know this isn't true. But as long as y'all love me <laughs> and y'all know I'm trying, that's all that matters. And my kids laughed. Well, we know you want to be the best dad in the world. I said, okay, that's a better trophy. And I think that's key too, because even with your, your, your wife, right? One of the things my wife told me was the reason why she didn't leave me is because she saw that I continue to try, even though I made so many yes. mistakes, Yeah, she saw that I was willing to fight and try to get better. Right. Brother, that is it. I mean, shame on us. If those of us who have this fight nature aren't willing to be bulldogging as a married mm -hmm. or, you know, for me, I constantly had this tenacity is like, I didn't get my mind right. I mean, 123 visits to a trauma specialist in nine months. Wow. And it's because I didn't have a choice. Man, I know Debacote, Debakine, Prozac, Zoloft, Lithium, Buspar. I mean, gosh. But I'm like, well, two things. Spiritually, who else am I going to follow? Buddha, Muhammad? Krishna, my rabbit's foot, the nothing person, she's no, I'm like, Jesus, there's no one else. I have no one else. Yeah. I mean, there've been times in my life, I'm on my knees crying, crying, saying, God, I have no one else. Jesus, I, there's, n I don't have anybody else to follow. You are my only hope. That desperation that's where it says, you know, foot pins through the sand. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, God will pick you up, man. It'll carry you. Some of us, he'll drag us. You can see our hill marks in the sand. But yeah. it's still that, like, there's no one else. And and wives and children know that. Uh, they, they And they can respect that. So, yeah, we push. We fight knowing and having hope. And it's a great example for our kids and even our spouse, you know. Yeah. Of like, wow. Now, I want to go back a little bit, Victor. And you I'm said, sorry, we're, I'm, uh, I've been blabbing. We're, I've oh, got a time constraint, so <laughs> we'll have to land this pretty soon. Yeah, I know for sure. Um, I wanted to ask you something and go back. 
you said that no one wants to like you talked about how a spouse right and her just constantly bickering and bickering and bickering right and how that can drive a man insane right oh yeah so with that being said one of the things i've learned and you know from my wife and stuff like that is that when a wife is bickering like that it's because she wants change right yes and she's fighting for the marriage I tell the men I deal with that when your wife stops complaining, that's a dangerous spot to be in. Cause that means that she has given up on the relationship. Yes. Yeah. You know, that, a thousand percent. It's, I used to tell my wife, I can't hear you because you're too loud. Mm. You know, it's like, what, you know, I don't get it. I'm not a woman. What, what do you want from me? What do you need? Or one of my favorites, do you do you even know why you're angry? Hmm. Like, no, seriously, do, why, why are you angry? What's the, and then that's just an indicator. They're going, oh, so you actually freaking care. Yeah. Oh, so you want to hear me out? And inside it's like, not really, but <laughs> I don't have many choices. Let me hear your words. Mm-hmm. And then... When she's through, and it could be through that, I've circled back around and said, just so you know, I heard what you said about, you know, I shouldn't use your daisy razor on my scrub, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever it may be, right? Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I like humor, but it's, it's a, hopefully that'll stick with a man to go, huh. he'll cir- circle back around and go, hey, I actually heard something you said in that argument. And I'm sorry. Uh, Really, please forgive me for, Hmm. you got to give them a for. Yeah. Or they'll remind you, please forgive me. For what? For for what? Because they've taken off their hoops and putting their hair up, ready to go at it again. I'm like, you just want to fight, don't you? (laughs) Yeah. It's it's that time of the month. I'm a I'm a bleeding savage. Of course I want to fight. I'm in survival mode. I'm like, bang, let's go to dojo, get the gear on so it's legal. Yeah, right. So yeah, man, you gotta you got and and the same thing for a man. Just to go, I I'm horrible at communicating. Mm-hmm. But did you hear did you hear what I said? My my desire for intimacy with you is not just because I'm some horn dog. I I need to feel validated. Yeah. I need, I used to tell my wife, I know you love me, but damn, can you just like me as a, as a, your husband every now and then I need to be liked. And she would go, Oh, wow. And why? Because for years she was putting me in the place of her dad Mm. who was distant, angry. And my wife went to one counseling appointment. One, one, I have 123. I'm like, one, honey? Ugh. But yet the counselor called me in and said, sit in that chair. Mm. I want you to be your wife's dad. And I need you to apologize to her for him not being there, for him being distant, for him not caring. You be him and apologize to her. And I'm like, oh, this psychological crap. Yeah. Ugh. But I sat down, and I did. And I'm like, Eileen, I'm sorry I wasn't there for you as a kid. I'm sorry. I beat your mom. I'm sorry. I, I divorced. I'm sorry, you know, I didn't support you. And uh, Man, she bawled. Bawled. Mm-hmm. And I said, please forgive me. Look, her dad was already dead. That day changed our life. Yeah. My wife started liking me. She always loved me. Mm -hmm. And divorce was never an option. As she says, murder was, but not divorce. I'm like, let's let's stay married. And But women need to make sure that they're not bringing and transferring. We call it a transference of anger to their husband because of failures of a dad or some ex. Uh, I'm grateful she didn't have some weird ex that, mess with her mind or nothing like that it was was a dad issue and uh i'll close with this because if there's any women watching my wife says this often 
She goes, Victor, when we came into our marriage, like imagine us being on a plane. If if a plane is marriage, and Victor would he he brought luggage from his background like a tram. So you see all those luggages. That's Victor. She yeah. goes, I just walked onto the plane with a carry-on, but I had dynamite in mine, explosives. And that was our relationship. So everybody's gonna look at Victor because of all that baggage and craziness. But yet I'm sitting, you know, in business class. Everybody's going, what was oh, such a perfect wife? She goes, I've got explosives in my bag that I would put on him. So mm-hmm. ladies, love your man by the power of God. My wife's secret to marriage, mothering, and family is she spends time with the Lord every morning mm-hmm. without fail. She'll bring me my cup of coffee. She'll kiss me. If we back up, I massage her while we're still in bed. I massage hands she's like hello and and she'll wake up to massage Uh she'll get up she'll go bring me a beautiful cup of coffee give me a kiss she goes in the living room by herself i drink my coffee this morning i was listening to scriptures sometimes it's harder for me to read uh and when that guy shot at me a few months ago i caught shrapnel from a window frame aluminum so uh, yeah, my left eye, I'm like, honey, can I get a patch? That'd like be cool. I'll just walk around like a patch. And she's <laughs> like, yeah, if you put a hook in your hand. I'm like, uh. <laughs> so, so, yeah, spending time with the Lord is mm-hmm. the best thing any of us could do one-on-one, however that looks. And that might, that'd be my encouragement for marriage, masculinity, fatherhood, mm-hmm. and just being the man of God that he wants you to be while we're on this earth. Man, no, that's such great advice, Victor. I appreciate you sharing that with our audience. Um, finally, I want to ask you, how can listeners get involved and support your mission, brother? Well, thank you. Well, this is not cliche, so I need people to listen when I say we need prayer. Mm. It, it, you know, um, I'll have people say, oh, I'll, I'll be praying for you, and I'll stop them and I go, do you mean that? Or is it that just a Christianism? Uh, like I told a, a very famous military guy who a movie was made after we were visiting. He was having our time. And I said, hey, man, I'll, I'll be there for you when you need me. Here's my number. And he stopped me in true form of a tier one guy. And he goes, really? You're going to be there for me? He's looking at me right in my eyes. He goes, I said, yes. He goes, even when I have a shotgun in my mouth, you'll be there. I said, especially then. Mm. So regarding prayer, prayer is not a small thing for us. We have 120,000 people on our email list that we send updates to our daily intelligence briefs to. And that's the first way is go to our website, Victor Marks with an X, victormarks.com forward slash D-I-B. Or just sign up for our newsletter or daily intelligence brief. That that is something we send out daily. Uh, you can adjust it as you want or weekly to allow you to know how to pray. Second thing, we're on social media. If they follow me on any social media, whatever I post, if you like it, share it. Yeah. Because the algorithms kind of jam us up. Uh, but last year we had we touched three hundred and forty five million people. Last year. Wow. Uh, And then if you have the ability to make a monthly donation, five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, if you can, that helps us build out our organization, our task force teams for, because we do counter pedophile work. And then, you know, we do a bunch of other things, but that helps us on a large scale. And then finally, I just say this, if you have, if you have some type of health issue or you yourself need some type of additional income for your family, send us an email. My wife and I are involved with the company. Last month, we paid out over $100,000 to individual people with commission checks, single parents, hardworking families, and it's health products that we represent. <clears throat> and at the same time, it's supporting our ministry. Mm. So. Um, it's always a low key, but man, it's working both for health, health reasons, 
and uh, and also for additional income, and it supports the ministry. So contact us if that is of interest to you. Oh, man. Well, thank you once again, Victor. I appreciate you coming on here and just sharing your your story, your testimony, some bits of wisdom, man. I appreciate you, brother. Truly, I enjoyed do. it. I, I enjoyed it, David. And uh, it was time well spent. Absolutely. Well, God bless you. And we'll be seeing you soon. Next time.